everyone, welcome to the Spacebar podcast. In this episode, we're discussing succeeding in global e-commerce alongside our guests, Pete Robertshaw, Head of Commerce Consulting, Ollie Lees, Head of Data and Insight, and Paul Casey, Head of Account Management. I'm Molly and I'll be your host today. We're going to cover global e-commerce and the challenges you may face as a retailer when growing internationally and through our experience, how we can help solve those challenges. Cross-border shopping has grown exponentially. With the lack of physical retail stores being open in the last two years, consumers have gone online and found new brands. And the likelihood is these brands are from overseas. This online drive provides businesses more power to reach and sell to consumers globally. This new era of global commerce requires brands who maybe haven't always dealt with international e-commerce to step up and create excellent customer experiences, not only in their home market, but overseas. How can brands replicate this model and hedge on technology to provide the experiences, scalability and data needed to keep pace with the rapid changes? Pete, we're going to start with you. Okay. We, you work with clients a lot and a lot in the discovery phase. Do you see often clients who are in, say, their home countries and wanting to tap into new markets? Do you have to think about that as a long-term strategy? Yeah, um, it's, it's funny discovery. So some come into it already having an idea that they want to go internationally um, and kind of precursor to coming in generally we're looking at like, like e-commerce platforms for example we have to kind of uncover the requirements at that point to see if they are going to be trading in the future plans they want to you know go into Spain, Italy or wherever we have to think okay well does the commerce platform enable you to do that so that's there's two cases really they come in thinking yeah they want to do it or they, they've got an idea but actually in most cases the ones that think about it or have got it in the plans a lot of them don't end up doing it because well, there's many reasons actually because operationally they're not set up to do it as in to start trading internationally uh, or technically they're not so operationally means like you know they haven't got the back office systems to kind of cope with it um or they haven't got like a customer services team to actually go and you know take the orders and, and that kind of thing if they take them over the phone they've got natural language speakers so i guess it becomes like a bit of a black hole for them in terms of like where do we actually start with this process but so you've got two customers ones that want to do it and have got and are desperate to kind of get on with it but don't know where to start and then you've got the others that have just got no kind of plans to do it it's not in their mindset and part of that again is because again they've, they've got these blockers in their mind to think how how would we even start doing this and you know we've got the uk market to market tackle first but yes during discovery when we want to score sessions with clients a lot comes out and which we can actually start talking about like let's say e-commerce for example we can actually start talking about how things like out of the box on a platform like e-commerce can actually help a customer start trading internationally they don't even realize how easy it is we do with discovery with a client of the day and um they were like, oh, we're going to put internationals like a phase two or phase three. And we're like getting into that, okay, why, why, what's the reasons behind it? And they said, oh, well, um, just, just from, our, I mean, again, we're not set up to do it currently. We're like, well, big commerce, for example, you know, out of the box, you can, you know, have different um, currencies, different price lists. You can get different uh, currency selectors. You can do like GYP and redirect people. And like, well, that's out of the box. It's like, yeah, it's like, you don't have to do anything. Like it's not, it's, it's kind of taken care of. As long as you can provide price lists and whatever, then and you've got a payment gateway that can, can look after it, then fine. So um i think it, it really does vary from customer to customer but um i think having conversations with them probably makes it we make it realize how actually easy it is with the support of like wider, wider technology um so we can advise them pretty much from end to end on the kind of going global process like from again understanding who the customers are going to be in those different markets to how they actually get the product out the door i guess that's what does as an agency anyway we can really kind of get into that and the expertise we've got we can provide again end-to-end advice and i guess take some of the myths away of, of how to get going globally um because again the, the technology 
is out there to support them and the e-commerce platform is a good place to start that um, discovery process is really important i think across any project that we work on i think particularly if you're planning out something as big as you know going into new territories you know these financial implications tax logistics like all the different things that you know you might not necessarily map out within like the marketing team or the e-commerce team it does touch on other teams i think our discovery what i, I think works well with our discovery process when we bring clients in we'll bring them in but we'll also ask people from different departments to contribute towards those discovery sessions which then means that the plan's more robust and we don't hit a roadblock three months into the project for example so i think that discovery process yeah. is quite important when, getting you're doing, the when you're going through it yeah the buy-in of getting departments is really crucial at that point again it's having everyone having to say like buying that the finance teams is usually a big one they often get left out of a lot of conversations yeah, but actually they're they're they are people that say, say yay or nay to certain things so they, they've got to be part of the plans but it's amazing how sometimes they go in customers go with like we're just going to involve the e-commerce manager or the, mm. the, the creative people but you need to involve back office especially <coughs> i guess during our discovery process we again we try and uncover everything from like finding out who the customers and acquiring them through to okay what system you're going to use to actually fulfill the orders which carrier you're going to use like and everything in between so yeah it has to be very inclusive yeah you want that holistic approach to what you're about to do like roadmap and i guess with the roadmap as well even if these clients aren't necessarily going to go into new markets in the next three to six months with the platform and tech that we're working with you know that the opportunity there is for expansion yeah it's about yeah again we, we you know, again when we just want discovery it's like they might not have it in their mind right now let's say they're going to do a plat they're not sure which platform to be on they might not have international in their minds like the next three years but if it's planned for like for year four and five it's like well that really affects which platform mm. you're recommending because again you could be locked into just a platform which only allows you to really sell the uk makes it more difficult so again we try and uncover that and get customers to think definitely that long-term planning they might say we're never going to contemplate it which, which is fine there might be reasons why but again the platforms we tend to work with that's the, the ecosystem makes it so much easier so again it's a lot of it's about education as well like saying you can actually do this okay mm. you might need to build some infrastructure into the business like again customer services mm. or whatever finance but technology w is, is there to support you and that's i guess as an agency that's what we're to kind of advise on i think that technology then supporting the business decisions moving forward because um depending on which platform you pick that's there's a different way of doing multi-store multi-location multi-language uh, and even within the platforms you could have three clients on big commerce who approach going into new territories new geographic locations in three different ways you can you can do things in lots of different mm. ways so i think a lot of it is actually getting a solid plan and a roadmap together for how to how you want to do it what's suitable for your business for your customers and for your product and you know it depends what you sell because yeah. if you're selling like large items it's completely different kettle fish yeah. to, to selling you know maybe small electronics or phone cases or you know something that's that's a little bit more simple to to get across borders um i do know from working with a couple of clients where it's um perishable goods and uh, supplements mm -hmm. it's different rules <laughs> you know especially going into europe and coming in and out of like mm. um even like um island um mainland europe as well where you can um there's certain rules and certain things that you have to kind of consider when you're going in and out so I think a lot of those that road mapping session from a tech perspective just allows us to uh, to make sure that because that's the worst case scenario from a client perspective isn't it that you start off on a path but then you've got a course correct because mm. in two years time or three years time doesn't quite fulfill the needs so um yeah i think that side of things is it's just a, a good good planning process solid um kind of foundations and, and make sure that everyone in the team knows what the options are 
what the future roadmap might look like for example um, so yeah I think that's quite important in the planning mm. phase yeah it makes sense um so we just covered a bit about like tech and platform support there so I'm going to keep with you Pete what would you say are the key technology solutions to help a business that's looking to launch into new markets there's a lot um I mean first and foremost the e-commerce platform itself is is a fundamental part of that again if the platform that you're working with can't enable that then you, you screw from day one fortunately e-commerce is great from an, an international point of view in, in terms of the out-of-the-box capabilities but for customers that want to extend that further there's lots of things to contemplate I and mean, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about these later on i think but um like payment service provider your payment gateway that's again a must if you want to take like payments in not just in like local currency but all, the, the, that kind of um country's local payment methods like in Germany is, is kind of a, a minefield when it comes to payments, it's a completely different way they work in terms of the way we, we work in the UK. It's all done like, a lot of it's on cash on delivery or by bank transfer or, or you know, um, you don't pay with your credit card up front. Mm -hmm. So again, just understanding that. So the payment service provider is a big one. Um, tax, again, I, I mean, I'm not a tax expert, but like um, platforms like Avalara can really help the international tax. The tax is obviously again another minefield of an area when you start shelling internationally, it's especially with like Brexit and the whole kind of new rules that are going on. So. A tax platform like Avalar is, is something we tend to advise on as well. Um, fulfillment is again it, probably the biggest one. You've got to understand how to get the goods actually there. Again, working providers like Globally, um, they can help take care of the fulfillment into international markets as well as obviously you've got DPD etc. But like Globally, for example, can take uh, the headache out of taxes again. They they can do the duties. So that's and actually Globally is when we talk about it. Some a platform like that that can get a, a, a customer selling internationally really quickly because they take all the headache and pain away from it. So for those who don't know what Globally is, um, it, you basically enable it on the website and you can change currencies quite easily. Globally just trying, like just converts the currencies really well. It takes control as a checkout as well. So basically, it, again, it offers the local payment methods um, all the orders flow into Globally. And if you use them for, for fulfillment as well, they will actually deliver all the orders. So that is a very, very, guess quick way of a customer who could start selling international without the headaches all they've got to do is in essence is provide the products and globally will come and come and collect them. We've, we've literally just launched that on a client um and again they're they're a kind of a health and health and beauty and health and supplements kind of space uh, and they've um although it was a uh, initially just a little bit painful in terms of trying to get some of the basics set up you know through the integration and, and getting things set up we did collaborate with 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 the guys at, um globally on that and uh, they've launched and to be fair I've I've worked on projects where you know a, a business is launching on on a platform and they're building the you know like more of a multi-store Magento yeah. instance took maybe two to three years uh, to build out you know across like France Germany uh, the Nordics um, you know North America UK etc um, whereas with globally I think what it does it, it actually like because it does like a an extension of the checkout doesn't it so yeah. it, it kind of has like a hosted checkout which is outside of the bc platform and then it has all the localized shipping rules and tax rules so you kind of you have to set it up but you don't once you've done the setup it kind of runs itself but then that also opens up for localized areas now the the flip side to that is it doesn't like with this client and this project that we're working on, it doesn't have localized translations which mm -hmm. might be a bit of a blocker in certain countries um you know that are a little bit more territorial don't speak english for example mm. you know if you're if you're a, if you're a uk based um retail business but i think in terms of the level of investment that it takes on some platforms to actually get yeah you know to to, to ship and to just to operate you know because a lot of brands that we might work with a couple of shopify clients where they'll they'll launch a quick store and it's more to or, or an amazon store before they launch the main direct to consumer store 
and that's because they know that the investment in the tech does actually take you know it's a large investment so you want to know there's a market on the other side because some of these brands might be putting product out there and it's not relevant to that Mm -hmm. market or there might be like a localized player in that market who is very strong uh, you know that that you're going to struggle to take market share because it's a localized brand so i think that side of things globally for me like when we've used it um you know ups and downs like a lot of projects you know bigger projects but you know really happy with that the client seems really happy and now they're trading through europe which is great they never did that before so you know it's part of their growth plan and yeah let's see how it goes but i think globally is a it is good yeah. isn't it you know in terms it, of what you can do it's a massive enabler for clients that haven't again worried about going international mm. it's a very a quick way but it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an easy way for them to get going without again having to worry about all the infrastructure and having warehouses in foreign countries and stuff like that so that fulfillment has to be taken into account that again globally really help with that and then i guess the other big one i mean there's loads but the other one i guess i'll specifically talk about is is pim so product information management and we're able to have like different kind of product content and not just translated content but like for example in the us obviously their metric systems different to us about gallons and liters and that kind of thing so being able to have different product content um for different regions like little locales yeah. as you might look at it that is a massive one a lot of people underestimate it so even if you forget about getting translations it's just like the us is obviously english speaking but they've got their own way if you were to like launch the same products in the same descriptions in the us as the uk and like even around clothing uh, customers were like this doesn't make any sense so mm. having that place where you can manage content still the same product but slightly different variations on the wording or that, that again massively important but there's, there's a whole i mean i could go on for hours about the ecosystem of tech but um they're probably the main ones that i would probably look at from, from an enablement point of view there's translation platforms and stuff as well but to get going fulfillment the e-commerce platform and payments are probably in tax probably the four or five main things you need to look at cool um i think that's quite a nice segue into what paul was saying around um, you know, testing new markets before you invest in like the infrastructure and the big piece of tech. So, Ollie, you work a lot with um, like data and insight and obviously acquisition as well in new markets. What's your tips mm. for kind of like data and analytics and lo- what should re- um, merchants be looking at when looking at those new markets? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what I will say is that some of the things that Paul and Pete have already said around like the importance of the nuances per territory first. That's really important that people think they can enter a market in another territory they've done really well in the uk for example um even even english language markets though um they think it's easy to spin up that next opportunity but it's all them subtleties that make the difference of making it or breaking it um but i think in terms of before you even get to that point if you if you're a business that is ambitious and you want to grow internationally you've absolutely got to research the Mm. market opportunities um so we're doing a piece of work with a customer currently um and we use a lot of data from platforms like mentel things like that where you can a- access industry level trends industry level reporting um about the competitors in that particular sector um and they go right down to country level opportunity look at the size of the market the opportunity within the market the split of product types in that particular vertical uh, which competitors are leading the way so you kind of know what you're going up against before you um, decide which countries are right um, because you often we'll see some people make the mistake of okay i'm ready to go international what um where are my visits coming from in Google Analytics or people are coming from the US, right? So that's the next obvious market. That's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It might not be right just because you're getting traffic from a particular territory doesn't mean it's the right place to enter a market into. Um, and so the research that comes from a lot of these platforms and because it's a, it's an industry level, it's a, it's a wider scope, um, it really informs you what the opportunities are, like say, per territory. Mm. Um, and Paul made a good point. We see some 
customers utilizing Amazon. Not that I'm a massive advocate of everybody getting an Amazon marketplace, but it allows you to enter a territory to see what that opportunity looks like in real time without as much of the setup costs and the running costs behind that. Um, because fulfillment's taken care of, you need it to be translations to, to a certain extent taken care of. But it's all about that data and really understanding what markets are, are where we can attempt to go and play. Mm-hmm. Um, but equally, you've got to understand the nuances, like I said before, in those industry, in sorry, in those territories. Um, that's really important. Pete mentioned about the um, payment, you know, differences in yeah. certain countries. Um, we know that certain countries are really fussy about on the ground fulfillment in them particular territories. And if you're not there, then you can't really compete in some instances. America's a good, good example for that because it's so vast. Mm-hmm. If you're going, well, we can deliver five to seven days and your competitors are two to three days, it, it's, it's going to be hard to stack up. So there's a lot of moving parts to get it right. Um, but at least what the data and the research can do is determine which, which markets have got the best opportunities. Um, and then I'd also say, which is a really big part to it is like we touched on the translation side. So typically we see customers go in let's go with UK or particularly UK retailers who want to expand let's go with English language territories mm-hmm. pending the market size is justified and the, and the opportunities there because it's, there's less work to be done because what we've seen is when people try the quick and dirty route into a mm-hmm. non a non UK language country it's really difficult to get traction mm-hmm. um, and there's ways of doing it but it just won't get you in, in, in the same place to have that as a real success and you often see people entering France or Spain or Germany and then they end up pulling out because the they underestimated the nuances, particularly around translation and the requirements mm-hmm. for them customers compared to UK or English language markets. Still difficult, a lot of other things to consider as the guys have said, tax, all that kind of stuff, but there's less barriers to entry at least. Mm-hmm. And there's also often bigger market capacity in places like US, Canada, Australia, things like that to begin with at least. Um, but the data really should drive that. But I'm going to say that, aren't I, because I'm data first. <laughs> uh, but it's really important. You yeah. can't make assumptions there because there's a lot of investment involved in getting that right or wrong. Yeah. On the translation piece, it's quite interesting. So, um, having done this before as a retailer and gone trying to go into Germany, we used a non-native German speaker to do our translations, yeah. and it was a massive failure to get the German customers coming on. This doesn't make any sense. Uh, one of the pieces of advice is: if you're going to go down this route and you want to get translations, get somebody who naturally speaks the language, yeah, absolutely native, because it's hard to do it because of scale. But you need maybe a team of people. There is platforms and technology out there that can help with trans- some basic translations, but when it comes to product data and that kind of thing, it's got it's so context specific. It, you've got to you invest in the right people and to, to, to go and do it. If, you, if you're going to go and do it, go down the translation, you do it properly. Don't go half-assed yeah. with it. And you also, sorry, go on, I was just going to say I've got a funny story around that because we I used to work with a candle business that was they operated across like twenty odd countries, but the e-commerce platform was across. I think it was 14 specific countries, but that included 16 or 17 languages. So they had local teams in each of the areas. So there was a team in Paris, uh, there was a team in Heidelberg in Germany, um, there was a team in Italy. You know, there was all these like teams dotted around. Uh, HQ is based in, in North America. So we're launching the French site. Uh, so this is the first time we're launching the French site. And uh, they sell tea lights. So to us, it was tea lights, and we got a translation for that in the local French market. Um, but actually their brand terminology from the catalogue, you know, because it started more as a catalogue mm. business in the in Europe, they had a certain way of saying tea light. So it's there, there are two two or three different ways. I think it was France or it might have been Germany. And there was basically two or three different ways of saying tea light in their local dialogue. But depending on which region you lived in that particular area, 
it meant the light that goes underneath you know you go to a like a chinese restaurant or something like that and they put lights underneath your food to keep it warm yeah yeah (laughs) but there's a market obviously where it's like tea light goes underneath like a warmer and then the warmer gives a fragrance kind of thing and that has a separate word so when they launched the site they actually launched it and it was basically like restaurant tea lights you know for warming your food and we we found we only found that through doing user testing that we actually got the feedback where it was like um the reason why did you not buy this product well the reason why i didn't buy this product is i don't warm my food up on my plate when you know when i'm at home so like the context of knowing that local dialogue i think is just so important i remember we changed it and literally like overnight transformed the you know the ppc campaign uh, Google Shopping and, and what else, uh, whatnot, you know, in terms of like uh, paid social ads as well. But I think that those those little idiosyncrasies of context, I think naturally as British people, we you know we're not as you know we're not all as multilingual, whereas you know on the mm. continent a lot more people are. I think that's so a really good, really good point. It, in that it's something just to consider. I think you know using tools like you know definitely not Google Translate because apparently it's terrible. <laughs> uh, Deeple even is is a is a good tool but it's still not doesn't actually you know hit the mark but mm. getting those local languages you know is so so important um with regards to new customer acquisition because someone will see an ad they don't know anything about the brand but they don't understand what the product is so if they don't understand what the product is no one's going to click on it and get interested and yeah. convert <clears> so yeah i was going to add it it always surprises me when you see a uk retailer take years to establish a business do lots and lots of things all of, get the fine tuning the logistics the, all of that and then they go right we've done that let's just flip a switch and go to another country it's really easy yeah they, they don't they underestimate the fact that they've got to do it all again but there's other nuances like you say that they might not understand in that particular territory or country and it it really makes a difference to the make or break the success or failure of um, international expansion mm. um and you can't underestimate that because there's an associated cost of going through that process and if you get it wrong you don't get that back um but it, I, it does it does interest me intrigue me that customers go yeah I've just spent five ten years building a business in the UK and then they think within a few months they can just switch mm-hmm. on in Germany or something like that we've seen it happen and we've seen them typically it doesn't quite work mm-hmm. out as they plan. it's definitely a marathon and not a sprint in that context Absolutely. as well because you've got <coughs> these initial costs to launch but then there's your ongoing costs yeah so every time you update your homepage or every time you want to create a blog or every time you create a piece like we had it with this this particular business because we would create the content in the UK, which was SEO focused. Obviously, we do all the SEO research, and then we do uh, produce a piece of content in in that localized region, uh, you know, in the UK. But then it would get translated for all the other areas. But it was kind of like your longer form, you know, a couple of thousand words in terms of guide content um, for like home and living. Um, but often would be the case that we'd come up with a theory, and it'd be based on like UK search metrics. But then when you look for similar search volumes in germany or in in italy or in other locations you you, you just don't have the volume there no, to actually justify the translation and the content so i think that it's not just the initial setup obviously there's a lot of like translation agencies out there that you can work with if you don't have boots on the ground in mm. those local areas but i think with a platform like big commerce you can be really flexible if you've got a pim that's even better because yeah. you can get you know really good localized um content and i think that's the bit that if you do invest in it you actually probably will you know if, you, if you've got good ux and, and good foundations for the for content uh but it's very much like you can't just launch it and expect to just do yeah. google translate forever then after that yeah. you've got to factor it into your budgeting <clears throat> the same way that you would factor in like marketing costs mm. or associated people running the stores you know uh, in terms of operations and, and and i think that's why 
kind of going back to the question you asked, when they, when people do the the research, they do mm -hmm. the due diligence on where are the market opportunities, what are the market sizes. They'll also lean towards uh, what are the additional associated costs, and you often see the phase one from international perspective, particularly from UK retailers, is is t it's usually US, Canada, Australia mm -hmm. type folks because of the English language, the barrier there, there's no translations required. There's, like I said, there's subtleties even within them countries, but it's a little bit easier to get that yeah, moving. Yeah. Um, like I said before, it doesn't make it any easier in that sense, but it's definitely a, a lesser barrier to worry about um, because getting the translation right, there's a ha heavy associated cost to that and on the ongoing pro the ongoing maintenance and that. But equally, if you get it wrong, you gave a great example, that, that doesn't give you a good start in that particular country, does it? But yeah, you've got to utilise the data, understand the market opportunities, respect the market, that you're looking to enter and the nuances mm -hmm. within it and then try and find a path that's going to be least resistance for yourself to test it properly um so yeah yeah it seems like localization is obviously a key part of going international and making it a success um any other key piece of advice advice for brand managers or e-com managers in terms of like localization <sighs> i mean we've got to touch on data i mean mm. you're i mean you're obviously from a uh kind of paid search perspective I guess if, I don't know if there's any kind of tips you guys you could have us around that I suppose in terms of attacking ad campaigns I don't know if there's differences and nuances in markets or any other different ad platforms are they different? I guess obviously China is, is an interesting one like yeah. Google's not even really used in China is it so like I guess understanding again the different advertising mechanisms I guess that's probably one yeah that, that, that's that's a, that's a massive one from from my perspective so once you've established okay there's a market opportunity in a particular country um, the importance of getting the acquisition activity right um, is it's invaluable because that's their first touch point before they even hit a website you know if you're advertising like say let's take the example of google ads because that is probably one of the easier platforms to to scale in terms of territory you know access to different territories from a marketing perspective um but again just like we've talked about with translations and all that kind of stuff you've got to go through the same process with your your, your ads mm -hmm. activity you've got to make sure that your campaigns are built in that that same kind of way um, and you've got to put as much effort into the, that new territory's campaign structure as you would with the, your local your local mm. market. Um, and I, I think again, people underestimate that they think you can spin up a quick version of that we've actually seen a customer work that we were go kind of attempting to go down that route, um, and we've helped them to kind of put the brakes on a little bit and advise them on it's probably not going to be the best use of spend if you're not going to go all in properly. You know, if it's definitely if, if it's not UK language markets. Interestingly, from Google, there is a opportunity for UK based advertisements to go into non-English language market because there'll be a people a, a, a number of people in them countries that will have uh, the default browser languages as UK so you still get yeah. a smaller opportunity but it's not quite I always relate that to if I went into looking for a certain product and a French retailer came to me in English in the ads first of all and then I get to the site and it's not translated it's then in French I'm going to struggle with the purchase mm, there of course. Um, so I think the acquisition side of it is really important but it, it goes hand in hand with like you're saying choosing the right platform going down that route properly um, from a from a territory penetration perspective, um, and the marketing's got to be right right from the start because a lot of the time, like I said before, that's the first touch point before they even hit the website. So if you've got that wrong, they're probably going to laugh at your ads because they've been translated wrong or something like that as an mm -hmm. example, or it just doesn't resonate in the same way. Um, and I think that's really important. Uh, you can't really um, underestimate the importance of that. And, and again, I'm talking about a platform. Now, there's many different ways. Organic is another thing Paul mentioned. It's really important, but with Google Ads, if you go for the easier route because it's to spin up campaigns is quicker and easier it's more costly too because now you're paying for the clicks you're paying for the translations and all the rest of it um and so it's got to justify its mm. return hasn't it mm. so. so yeah ollie we were just touching then on google ads and acquisition so what's your advice to help brands um to, you know to touch into those new markets and acquire new customers 
yeah uh, like, like I kind of I touched on it uh, then but I think that you've really got to understand the marketing side of what you do in uh, in, in any given territory mm-hmm. uh, and I keep I keep saying it and we're, we're all saying the same thing but there's a lot of nuances on a per territory basis that you've got to factor in you've, you've absolutely got to respect those nuances when you're going into the market particularly if you're a UK retailer first um, you can't take for granted that what works there is going to work in other countries it's not the case um, and I think that's the same applies for any acquisition activities whether the, the way in which you do email the way in which you utilize paid mm. search do the affiliate platforms over there work differently um, how do you handle organic and, and SEO activities what's the importance around blog content things like that so all of the different parts of the marketing mix are equally as important per territory to get them right for that territory um, and like like we were saying before, having people who are naturally um, in that country or speak the native language that's super important as well um, otherwise it, it you just if you don't quite get it right when you try and penetrate another country you, you, you've pretty much got it wrong not to be too um, extreme with it because mm-hmm. there are quicker ways to do it but you don't get the, the full benefit if you don't go all in that's yeah. the best way to describe it. and that comes from like I said the marketing and the way in which you conduct the marketing activity right down to the site itself um, even the domains and, and the way the translations are done all of that plays together in the way in which a user in a, a different country will either it will resonate with them or it won't um, and from the marketing side it's, mm. it's it's really important because you're spending money on a lot of that activity as well so to get it wrong it's gonna a lot of customers will try it they'll feel like they've just been burnt or it doesn't work mm. we hear that a lot and it's just because really the way they approached it wasn't really right they didn't give enough respect to the differences in that market or the, the like I say things before payment methods or translations or um, the way in which we talk about the products might need to be slightly differently or the way the ads are structured that kind of stuff there are also some subtleties even within Google's platform and other marketing activities which aren't present in other countries that are maybe we're more familiar with in the UK or say the US mm-hmm. type of markets um, so the marketing is really important that it resonates with the customer base um, that you're going to go and try and approach yeah. Um, so yeah yeah, that's. Uh, I was curious that. to ask you about what period of time do you think because I think that's what a lot of people what a clients a lot of clients will wonder is okay it's an investment mm. so that means the first year you know i might you know might lose money you know uh, in terms of going into new markets and spend and and you know logistics and whatever else but like what period of time does it start do you start to see you know that kind of traction from a marketing perspective and i'm thinking like organic versus paid because i know they'll be on different different timelines but like what you know what what kind of period of time would i looking at it from a UK based established e-commerce business and I want to launch in France for example you know what what kind of uh, time because that's always the thing isn't it with clients it's, uh, and, and with strategy in general it's like when are we going to start to see the light at the end of the tunnel when are we going to start to hit some objectives um, what, what what does that look like from your side Ollie? Good question that um, <laughs> I think from, from the experience I've had with certain customers um, I think what, what we saw is taking an average timeline usually it's like six to 12 months but I say that with a caveat that then that's usually like UK language based territories that they've gone into yeah so if they've been able to then establish yourself in the US or in Canada or Australia as an example and they've done the other things what we've talked about well so they've got on the ground fulfillment yeah that kind of thing they still price competitively in that market they know the competitors and things like that um, it still takes a good six to 12 months to see what that looks like is that territory adding value to us as a whole business yeah because you're launching a new domain essentially aren't yeah. you? it's like a, it's like yeah, a it's almost like a fresh site but it'll carry some domain authority yeah, yeah, just say it was dot fr instead of dot co at uk yeah, exactly right there's the, there's definitely some savings once you've established in one market let's take a uk retailer which is what we're talking about there's a lot of 
benefits and savings to be able to move into the next market but you've still got to treat it that it's a brand new setup essentially um, and that's why I would say usually we, what we see is if something's going to success off be a success off even in a UK based market six to twelve months is going to allow you to determine are we seeing growth mm. are we seeing profitable sales come from that even if it's nothing like as much as you want to take from that market it's it's giving you the right indicators and that's going to give you more confidence to move into another market again usually UK language and when you've exhausted some of that or you believe you want to you've learned enough to go right now we're going to go to these other territories because actually the opportunity in Germany or France or Italy is bigger than in the US for our particular industry but it's been diff more difficult to get in you've got that confidence and experience from them other expansions first because um, like I say the, the sticking point is always that translation that always makes it that a little bit harder but if you've established a way to go into a country and then the next thing is okay now we need to translate and factor the other things it's a little bit easier because you've had that but we usually see 6 to 12 months is going to be determined that success or failure sometimes it fails quicker than that uh, there was an experience that I've seen with Pete um, that, that a business that he used to work for <laughs> went into a certain country um, and probably after about 12, 12 to 16 weeks they kind of knew that that wasn't working that way right um, so you might find it quicker than you might like. Um, you know, you know, if you were on VC as well, and if you were like using something like globally, you can actually go across Europe, can't you? So you could have oh, like yes. a you can go worldwide. You yeah, could, that, you could potentially. What I'm thinking is though, you know, like um, just in terms of like if you're not, you know, because like I said, opening an Amazon store, you've got to play the game with Amazon there, and you've got to play true. by their rules. You're yeah. on their territory, so like that's it. You know, you do kind of you're limited in terms of what you can do. But if you did launch like a BC store, which was like an EU store maybe, and then that, you know, like if you were looking to launch into Europe, but instead of launching like a, uh, uh, like a .fr or .de, you know, uh, so do it as a .eu, launch in Europe with something like globally. Like I'm just thinking is like, what's the lowest path of resistance to launch in Europe? Yeah. It might be good to launch an EU store, get data back, see where your traffic's coming from, see where you land, like land in terms of, the product fit in the market you yeah. know and, and and then go from there and then build a base almost yeah and I've, I, from my perspective i've seen i've seen that work to a certain extent and i think like i say globally is a great tool and it, it allows you to penetrate markets in a much easier way than some businesses know how to do so so there's lots of value in that but what i also say is when you go with a like an eu approach i don't think it's bad but you end up covering a lot of territories with a single domain and you're, it's like a jack of all trades king of none yeah yeah so you're not respecting france or italy and the unique yeah. differences and between it's not those. got a local translation it's, and, it, yeah, would, exactly. it would still Typically be like still be maybe uk language it's almost like a dot com site isn't it yeah it's just yeah. a good way of i guess of people again like to tapping the foot in the water really and again yeah. like, we, we've got customers who do 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 it and they don't have translations and they do, really, and they do really yeah exactly so yeah. you know what i'm saying is uh, and what I've said before, it's really important that you go in properly. But there are there's many instances where, depending on your product and the industry, you can go in with a globally solution. You don't even have to do, focus on too many translations, and you can still do really well across lots of different yeah. countries. Now we, we we keep talking about the same ones. Of we keep saying the France is a Germany's Italy and so on. We're talking about fifty, hundred plus countries that globally can penetrate for you. Yeah. Middle East. There's lots of different Australia, things that it can yeah, just really get you yeah. into. Yeah. And as Pete said, there you don't have to go all in to at least see what the potential opportunity is but I still think it takes time to establish it yeah. that makes sense to the business and yeah. that 6 to 12 month timeline is going to tell you what profitable part of the business does does that add or is it actually not sustainable um, and I think that's important for a business to take that into consideration because the appeal is oh look at all that that market size look at all that revenue we can generate but if all the costs in between and the pain in between doing it you've got to you've got to kind of tread carefully as you're going and, and aim to try and get it right first if that makes sense easier easier said than done sometimes but that'll make the difference of sticking in a market versus going in not quite in the right and then you end up pulling out and, and and it puts you off wanting to try it again yeah 
Cool. I think we've covered a lot of um, great advice there. Just as a closing question, is there like one last piece of advice or if there was one piece of advice that you could choose for e-commerce manager, brand manager, merchant, etc., what would it be? I can go first. <laughs> I think we're probably going to agree on the same point, if I'm honest with you, which is research the market. Yeah. And not just research the market, and if even understand there is a market there, that's great, obviously, you've got that first, but that the potential might be there but it's actually you've got then understand the locale understand the people there because i mentioned about the german example before okay great when i was clients so i we knew there's a massive opportunity there but what we didn't understand was the actual the way that the, the actual locale worked that the people over there actually trade and the way they interact with like, the, the retailers you've got to really understand it i think my advice would be is if you can if possible speak to other retailers that have been there and done it and so what they've been burnt learn they've learned from their mistakes if you've got people contact you know you know, speak to people like us or you know anybody else in the kind of e-commerce industry that's tried it um because it, it, we already know the tech exists out there there's so much tech can exist can help enable you but that, that's a waste of investment if the actual you can't again even the market because if you don't get it right and understand the market yourself you, you fail so mm. research is is all, everything to, to do research the market and research the people and the culture yeah. <coughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on I that and second that because it's the same thing, is it? Absolutely. Research the market opportunity, research the market size, and then respect the users and the country that you're about to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you get those things right, then you're on to a winner. And we've seen it. We've seen customers do it really well and grow significantly as a result of doing that. And we've also seen it where they've not quite got it right and the impact of the business that has. So, yeah, the research side and the respect of the, the territory you're going to enter is really important. I think when you're going into it, um, so just say you've already made the decision and you are looking at going into the market, I think those core principles of understanding your customer when you're actually launching the site and getting the customer feedback. Like I said, I've went, I've been involved with a couple of um, quite big uh, kind of global businesses and we, you know, we went and did user workshops with local localised people. Uh, it was great for me. I, I was travelling, obviously we went, went to like Paris and like, <laughs> Um, Heidelberg is a really nice places um, but actually getting that localised um, customer research user testing Absolutely. Um, running split tests in those localised areas because you know how people interact with websites in North America mm-hmm. is completely different with how people you know interact with websites in Sweden for example so you can I think you can you can do the research and 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 get the plan together but then when you're actually rolling out the plan don't change that mentality almost like it's a continuous learning experience so always have things in place that are feeding back into your process directly from the customers in those local markets like i said you know some brands that we work with just say subscriptions is relevant subscriptions might be really good in the uk but it might be frowned upon in other mm. cultures for whatever reason i don't know why but you know like you know like yes, in germany yeah. credit is credit's a bit taboo in that people don't lend money and it's just like a cultural thing that that's just the mm-hmm. way that the, the their culture has evolved and you can't use credit cards on e-commerce stores or you can't you know do do certain things um so yeah i think or or you know at least they're frowned upon so i think like not only doing that initial research but then if you are rolling out a strategy just keep getting that those data points making sure you're mapping it in each Mm. one of those and then over time each individual territory should develop its own roadmap i think that's that's the other thing is you know whether it's a marketing strategy a content strategy tech you know the tech that you're introducing into it you know some people use klarna yeah obviously uh, it's made in sweden right yeah in terms of the place so yeah it's a swedish business but um 
there are some countries in the in Europe or, or other locations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's kind of frowned upon yeah, in yeah. terms of mm-hmm. you know that kind of um, whether it's Clearpay or Klarna. You know, there's different types of um, payment methods. So I think it's that having that mentality of continuous learning while you're going through the process and getting that feedback, then feeding that into your roadmap. And there are global things, but don't treat every single location as exactly. as a global business. I mm. think that's quite ignorant, and you know something that that won't necessarily enable long term growth. If we're talking about, yeah, we can launch, we can put globally on there. Right, okay, now what? You know, we're starting to get some money through the door, but you know what? How do we grow and expand from mm. there? I think it's that continuous uh, feedback yeah. loop from the customer. Cool. I think that's a really great place to wrap up. There's been some really wise pieces of advice during this podcast, so thank you for taking part. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you'd like to know more about global e-commerce, you can download our latest ebook at www.space48.com forward slash downloads forward slash global dash e-commerce dash guide. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Spacebar, a podcast brought to you by Space48. We're a UK-leading CX and e-commerce platform specialist. If e-commerce content's your thing, then please be sure to subscribe to hear more. Do you like what you've heard, or is there room for improvement? Please leave us a review and let us know what you think. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the next episode.